Howdy, listeners. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio, talking to you from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. Well, this is it. We're into the last few days here before the midterms. This is a big election. I hope you're registered. I hope you vote. And by the way, I hope you vote early. I'll be telling you why. I note that the mainstream media is picking up on stories that we brought you weeks, even months ago. You know, like the diesel shortage and the home heating oil shortage on the East Coast and the natural gas problems and the transportation problems. We're going to talk just briefly about that today. Hang on, buckle up, cinch down that saddle because we got a lot to cover today. We're going to be talking about the midterms, of course. I'm going to bring you up to speed on exactly where these races, well, there's no such thing as exactly where any race sits, but where these races kind of sit in the average of polls, particularly those that we considered key and a huge, huge multipliers, 15x, 5x, 88x, 70x, 30x, 25x. I mean, uh, you put in a few dollars and you make a huge contribution to campaigns. The folks that we're following, what we consider to be the key campaigns, congressional, gubernatorial, some other state offices like Fincham for Secretary of State in Arizona and Senatorial are all on the website. It's one click. Go to the website, ontherightsideradio.com. Click on the Take Action button, which we've moved to the center top of the homepage. That'll put you on the campaign page. One click for any candidate you want to contribute to, and you can send them some shekels, and in many cases, they will be multiplied by incredible multiples. I mean, you can really make an impact here in the last week. This is the last week of ad buys. This is the week of getting out the vote. This is the week of dealing with what's going to be Democratic fraud, which we're going to be talking about a little bit. Get prepared, folks. Keep your eyes open. You know that old adage, see something, say something? Well, that really applies to this election because desperate Democratic Marxists do desperate things. And they have a natural proclivity to cheat. And when they're losing, that natural proclivity is a multiplier in and of itself, like 100x. I'll be telling you about some instances here in this show today. I'm going to give you another warning on what could happen between now and the midterms to set those midterms back, to create an emergency, to interfere with these elections. I just want you to be prepared for it. I hope I'm completely wrong, but there's a lot of dots out there, and the dots are increasing. They're becoming rather dense on the geopolitical international war page, so we say, on the war sheet. And I'm going to be bringing you the history of midterm elections in the United States since the 1930s today. You'll find it rather fascinating, to say the least. And then we're going to have a big rat-a-tat-tat. You know, I always threaten a big rat-a-tat-tat. And by the time we get to it, <laughs> the, the time frame for rat-a-tat-tat has somehow dissipated with all the other information, with the torrent of stuff I have to report to you on. But we'll try and get a big one in today because it kind of covers all sorts of things in the midterms. And I have a warning for you today, okay? And this is about transportation. Your transportation, your food's transportation, your fuel's transportation, and just about everything else under the sun. There's a perfect storm coming. We're going to talk about it in depth next week. This week, I want to focus on what's coming because, folks, if we don't take these elections, if we don't take the House particularly, and the Senate especially, and it would be really nice to pick up a bunch of governor seats around the country, which it looks like we're just about poised to do, then all this other talk is kind of moot. Because there will be nothing we can do about it other than 1776 all over again, which I think we'd all kind of like to avoid if we can. 
First, let's start off with our founder's quote. Ah, uh, yes, Benjamin Franklin again. He's been kind of my favorite the last few weeks. We are all born ignorant, but one must work hard to remain stupid. <laughs> well, how true is that? You know, the problem is with democratic Marxists, and I'm not talking to you liberals out there, you folks who are Americans who think left. I'm talking about those folks who hate America, who want to replace capitalism and free choice with collectivism and socialism slash communism, who want to replace free speech and the right to express yourself with complete censorship. I'm going to have a story about that for you under the election fraud segment. I mean, it'll boggle your mind, even though you kind of knew it was happening. But now the proof is out. And the rant story today is also apropos of the situation we unfortunately find ourselves in. So about a week ago, I was elk hunting. Beautiful day, great evening, sun slowly sinking over timbered ridges, and it was idyllic. And had hiked into a place that is just magical. And I had wanted to kind of hunt an evening in there for several years. This was the first time that I had just the few extra hours that it takes to get there. And as I'm kind of sitting and nestled into a log with a cover of brush in front of me, watching this meadow with a tree line across it, jagged ridges etched all around me, and on the ranch, where you'd never think there'd be a trespass problem. Folks in Wyoming are usually pretty respectful. And right about an hour before sunset, you know, the magic time when the sky turns pink with a setting sun, there's four shots, and they are very close. In fact, I kind of knew almost exactly where they were. And it interrupted the entire scene, and it forced me to change my plans. I hiked down to where the shots had come from. I didn't want to hike down into the bowl because I would have had to hike back out, and it was beginning to get dark. But the moral of this story is... No matter how good something looks, this is kind of like last week's rant story. No matter how good something looks, no matter how comfortable you are in a scene, in a setting, something unexpected will happen. And that's kind of the point of the whole midterm deal right now. Expect the unexpected. And expect the expected. Expect voter fraud, as we'll be going into today. And by the way, all the voter fraud articles, because I can't cover all the crap that's happening around the country. They will be once again, along with last week's, under the election fraud segment of the news articles posted on the website on the right side radio.com. Make sure you read them so that you are cognizant and conversant with what's going on so you can keep your eyes open and you can report anything that you see. Remember, see something, say something. An entirely different context, unfortunately, in this modern 2022 America. Let's talk about the history of the midterm elections over the last hundred or so years. So let's, what is a midterm, right? Everybody talks about it. I'm not sure many people know exactly what it all entails. But on November 8th, 2022, for, oh, about the 135th time in our history, all 435 seats in the House of Representatives and 35 of the 100 seats in the Senate will be contested. 39 state and territorial gubernatorial and Bunches of other state and local elections will also be decided. By the way, in addition to the 435 voting seats in the Congress of the United States, the House of Representatives, there's also five of six non-voting seats, the territories, that will be decided. And although these folks can't vote, they do have the ear of whoever they caucus with, either Republican or Democrat, or should I say either pro-America or anti-America. The worst midterm election losses since approximately 1934. Only twice, only twice, has the President's party gained seats in both the Senate and the House. Franklin Delano Roosevelt's 
first term resulted in a pickup in both the House and the Senate. Of course, that was the middle of the Great Depression. But far more often than not, like 133 or so of the 135 midterm elections over American history, the incumbent party loses seats. In 1974, for instance, the Republicans lost 53 seats, 48 in the House and 5 in the Senate. That was Gerald Ford in his president. In 1994, which probably many of you remember, the Democrats lost 60 seats, 52 in the House and 8 in the Senate. That was Bill Clinton. In 2006, the Republicans lost 36 seats, 30 in the House and 6 in the Senate. And that was George Bush, who had fared well in the 2002 midterms because of 9-1-1 and an overwhelming sense of patriotism, which swept the country. In 2010, the Democrats lost 69 seats, 63 in the House and 6 in the Senate. Ah, Barack Obama. Too bad it wasn't more. In 2018, the Republicans, right, this is under Trump, lost 39 seats, 41 in the House, although they gained 2 in the Senate. Juxtaposed against this are the pickup of seats by FDR, and also in 1998, the Democrats managed to pick up five seats, all in the House, and that was Clinton's second term. By the way, that was even though he faced impeachment hearings with the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And in 1934, this is Delano Roosevelt, some stats for you, the Democrats picked up 18 seats, nine each in the House and Senate. In fact, even Dwight Eisenhower, right, the hero of World War II in Normandy and the freeing of Europe, in 1954, he lost 19 seats, 18 House, 1 Senate. And in 1958, in his second term, he lost 61 seats, 48 in the House and 13 in the Senate. John F. Kennedy kind of bucked the trend, but not quite. In his midterms in 1962, he lost four seats in the House, but he picked up three in the Senate. Lyndon Johnson, oh yes, LBJ, oh yeah, 47 gone in the House, four gone in the Senate. Even Ronald Reagan, believe it or not, despite his landslide victories, he lost 26 seats in the House, he gained one in the Senate in 1982, and he lost five seats in the House and lost eight in the Senate in 1986. In 2002, George Bush, after 9-1-1, just to give you the stats, picked up eight in the House and two in the Senate, an anomaly other than FDR. But he gave it all back in 2006, minus 30 in the House, minus six in the Senate. Remember that the House and the Senate are each critically important, each in their own respect. The House controls the purse strings. They control the money, appropriations, who gets money, who doesn't, who gets money cut off. This is, this is particularly critical in this day of rampant printing presses and rampant inflation due to the current administration's policies, or should we say, intentional infliction of pain. The Senate, on the other hand, is the quote-unquote deliberative body. They approve judges, Supreme Court, federal, other federal positions. They approve agency heads. Think about the sorry specter of the agency heads we currently have. Mayorkas, a red China sympathizer and Marxist, allowing 2.2 million people over the border every year and lying about it through his teeth, looking straight into the cameras and straight into the faces of the senators and congressmen who are questioning him. Think about Pete Buttigieg. Oh, yes, Pete, the transportation secretary. More on him in this transportation nightmare that is coming our way. Think about the secretary of energy. I mean, vacuous is the best thing I can say about her. Not a clue. She didn't even know when questioned by the Congress how many barrels of oil the United States was pumping on a daily basis. Unbelievable. And the Senate also ratifies treaties. 
When you have a globalist administration, an administration that is willing to throw American sovereignty under the bus, you really want a Senate that can tamp down and stop treaties. Think about the UN Small Arm Treaty. Think about all the various climate treaties. Think about treaties with China, who owns Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Think about treaties with Russia. Think about treaties with Iran. And I can go on down the list. Critical component of international policy. So all these races are very important. And if any of you have any doubts about senators and congressmen on the Democratic side being in bed with the Communist Party of China, you need to watch the video that we're posting on the website. It'll be under China, our enemy. It'll be under corruption. It'll be under treason. And it'll be right over the audio bar. This guy knows what he's talking about. Incredible book. 30 senators, etc. Sucking on the teat of China and Iran to America and your detriment. And that includes Warnock. And that includes Kelly. All the close races. Let's go down the races that we've been following. On the rightsideradio.com. Homepage. Top center. Take action. Make sure you visit it. Make sure, folks, you send some shekels here in the last week of this election. This is important. Many of these elections we're going to be discussing are razor-thin one way or the other. Your dollars, particularly with these multiples, can make a huge impact. Particularly, as the Marxists would like to say, when we collectively fork out our wallets. Marco Rubio seems to be ahead four to six points. Looking good. 4X match on On the Right Side Radio. Dr. Oz, he is either even or a point or two ahead of Fetterman, but there's rampant election fraud going on in Pennsylvania, which we're going to talk about. He, by the way, has 16 X matches and 45 X matches on On the Right Side Radio. Adam Laxaw, either even or one point ahead, and he has some nice matches going, at least one for 3X. J.D. Vance, even. I mean, it is tied there in Ohio. And he has some incredible matches, 76X, 45X, even 88X. Think about that. Five bucks contributes $440 to the campaign. Tim Herschel, either even or maybe a point ahead. This is Georgia, critical race. Kelly Tishabaka, this is Alaska. This is where Liz Cheney has inserted herself, endorsing number one, the Democratic candidate running against Sarah Palin for the congressional seat up there. And number two, backing Lisa Murkowski, the queen of rhinos, in her bid to retain her seat against Tishibaka, who's a Trump America First gal. Tishibaka needs some support up there, folks. Most pundits seem to think that she's going to pull it out against Murkowski, but I wouldn't be too sure. And electing Murkowski up there is probably worse than electing a Democrat. At least you know what they're going to do. Murkowski, you can be pretty well assured that you don't know what she's going to do, but it's not going to be good for the conservative cause. Electing, Getting her elected is like getting another Democrat in the Senate. Chuck Grassley in Iowa. Now, this is a 30-year incumbent. He is 90 years old, but he has done yeoman's work in the Senate, one of the most honest senators in the United States Senate. And he is struggling up there in Iowa. He is only a point or two ahead of his Democratic challenger. Very surprising. He needs your support. Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. This is the only guy who's had the cojones to stand up to big pharma and government when it comes to the COVID jabs and what they've been doing to people. This is the only guy who jumped up and down against any and all mandates. This guy is terrific. Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. Most polls have him up by about two percentage points. He's actually slipped a little bit in the last week. Once again, he has a 4X match. Help him out. 
Tiffany Smiley in Washington, believe it or not, she is now tied, tied with Patty Murray up there. This is in the blue state of Washington against a six-term entrenched blue-belly witch. And Tiffany Smiley has some matches going, too. Let me give you a little hint on Tiffany. If you contribute like $10 or $5 in your first go on her website, you'll get a second page that will give you a 3x, 4x, or 5x match. And that's where you can put in your $20 or your $30 to have a better impact on her campaign. Blake Masters in Arizona, you know, polls up to literally a day or two ago had him down minus 4 to minus 1. He is now tied. In fact, they're actually a poll or two that has him one point ahead. This is a big seat, folks. Getting rid of Kelly, who is an entrenched anti-gunner, an entrenched climate disciple. Let's do what we can to help Blake down there. And Blake was doubly screwed, right, by Mitch McConnell, the rhino. We're going to talk about the rhinos that still remain after this election. Right now, let's focus on getting ourselves in a position where we can do something about these rhinos, McCarthy, McConnell, etc. So Mitch McConnell took like $9 million out of the Masters election, you know, from the Senate fund that he controls, and instead gave it to Lisa Murkowski. Think about that. So let's help Blake Masters out. Put him over the top. Joe O'Day in Colorado. Now, look, Joe O'Day is a soft conservative. But on the other hand, a hard conservative is simply not going to be elected in the blue state of Colorado. So he is certainly better than, <laughs> he is certainly better than Bennett, who is a yes man to Godaver and, uh, and to Schumer. And he is now within a point or two in Colorado of Bennett, the Democratic incumbent. Ted Bunn in North Carolina. You know, he has slipped a little bit. He was plus one to plus three, and now he's about even with his Democratic challenger, Ted Budd. He also has some incredible matches, 25X match on the rightsideradio.com, top of the homepage, center, take action, click on it. You'll see Ted Budd under the senatorial list. Mike Lee in Utah, I've been telling you about him, right? They had the straw man, McMarxist down there, Utah. You're finally waking up. Mike Lee was down, it was even. He was actually in some polls down a point to this Marxist imposter, backed by Democratic money and Democratic consults, etc. He is now anywhere from plus four to plus ten. Let's keep him going. He's a key guy in the Senate, and along with Grassley, one of the most honest people in the Senate. And then, in a huge surprise, Don Bulldog, General Don Bulldog, retired in New Hampshire. Believe it or not, he has come from 30 points down, 30 points, and he is now plus one. Unbelievable. I mean, that would be huge. Let's help Bulldock out. In the House of Representatives, I'm not going to spend time on those people who are now starting to pull ahead. I'm going to focus on people who are really close that still need help. Anna Paulina Luna in Florida. She is now plus one. Very tight race down there in Florida. John James in Michigan. I really like this guy. He's just absolutely terrific. And uh, former Army. He's a black guy who's been instrumental in getting... Lots of black folks to kind of realize what the Democrats have been doing to him since the Jim Crow era, you know, keeping him on the plantation. I really like him. He's down just slightly in Michigan. Let's help him. Lisa Scheller in Pennsylvania. She has a 4X match going. Very, very close race. Carolyn Levitt in New Hampshire, like Bolduck, she's surging. She is actually one or two points ahead in the average of polls. 
Unbelievable. She will also be the youngest member of Congress, 25-year-old conservative. Desley Vega, former law enforcement, former sheriff, running for Congress in Virginia. She started out way behind the eight ball against the Democratic incumbent. She is now several points ahead. She has a 5X match going on the website, on the rightsideradio.com, take action button. Very close race up there in Iowa, Marionette Miller Meeks. 5X match, help her out, put her over the top. Zach Nunn in Iowa, beginning to pull away just a little bit. This is another one like Tiffany Smiley. Contribute five bucks to start when you go to his campaign, when you click on the link, and then a second screen will come up, and they actually have an 8X match for him. Ashley Hinson in Iowa. I mean, neck and neck, folks. She needs your support, and she has a match going too. I believe it's 4 or 5X on the rightsideradio.com. Take action button, top center homepage. And then there's Cicely Davis. Wow. She's almost even with Omar Ilan, that radical, Islamist, communist, American-hating, so-called U.S. House of Representatives Congress lady out of Minnesota, Cicely Davis. And in the states, governors and executives, Carrie Lake, she's one or two points ahead. She has a 48X match going and a 5X match. Tim Michelle in Wisconsin over Evers. He's actually a point, give or take, ahead of Evers. Very, very tight race. Tudor Dixon in Michigan, 15X match. She is tied, that's tied, folks, with that witch Whitmer. Help her out. And you folks in Wyoming, remember, Gordon out, Bean in, right in, Brent Bean, B-R-E-N-T-B-I-E-N, Brent Bean for governor, Wyoming. Lee Zeldin in New York. Wow. Lee Zeldin in New York has actually pulled about one point ahead, about eight-tenths of one point ahead of (laughs) Hoshul, you know, who is as corrupt and as left and as anti-America and as anti-freedom as you can get. Help Zeldin out. This would be a huge pickup and a huge surprise. Mark Fincham, Arizona Secretary of State. Oh, Liz Cheney again, blasting Mark Fincham. <laughs> you know? By the way, she also uh, ran an ad, Liz Cheney did, you know, uh, that Republican, that Republican conservative, Liz Cheney. She also ran an ad, by the way, against Kerry Lake. Do you know that Kerry Lake's campaign contributions surged by hundreds of thousands of dollars after Liz Cheney aired her ad. Hey, thanks, Liz. Appreciate it. But if we're going to get the voter fraud that's been rampant in Arizona, particularly Maricopa and Pima counties under control, you need Mark Fincham in the Secretary of State, folks. There's probably other races I haven't touched on. There's a link for the Navy SEALs. There's about eight of them that are running. They have their own little pack. I'd like to see all of them get in. Latrell Van Orden, also from Wisconsin. Uh, He's several points ahead in his race. I mean, support these folks. Ladies and gentlemen, the money you take out of your pocket here in the last few days is an investment in the future of your country, your future, your property's future, your financial future, and the future of your children and your children's children. Don't be stingy. You can buy one less coffee. You can go out for dinner once or twice less in the next month. Put aside the day-to-day and put aside your normalcy bias. Reach into your pocket and support these candidates, particularly these that we have identified who are literally razor thin. This could go either way in virtually any of these elections. Remember my rant story. 
the most idyllic of scenes can be shattered without notice. Which brings us to, oh yes, election fraud. You know, that fraud that doesn't exist for all you election deniers out there. Shame on you for questioning the sanctity of elections in your state or in your country. Tisk, 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 tisk. You know, the Heritage folks came out with a great report. It's actually interactive. You can click, there's a map, you can click on your state, and you can see the prosecutions and convictions in your state for election fraud. Boy, there's a lot of them for 2022 and 2021. In all, 1,384 convictions for election fraud. Mm -hmm. You can see what's going on in your state just by clicking on that map. It's under the election fraud tab on the on the right side radio.com site. And once again, I don't have time to cover all these. Go to the election fraud tab, read the articles, you'll see what's going on. And, you know, since Democrats have panicked, okay, and particularly after the Fetterman debacle during the debate, Pennsylvania Democrats, who, by the way, Pennsylvania is thumbing their nose at Supreme Court decisions, all sorts of things. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But they mailed out 250,000 unverified ballots. These ballots, by the way, happen to go to individuals whose identities can't be authenticated because there's no social security number. There's no driver license numbers. In fact, these ballots were mailed contrary to Pennsylvania law. The Republicans have filed over 100 lawsuits in over 30 states just in the last three weeks on voter fraud matters. This happens to be one of them. And a court has now ruled that all these ballots have to be found and returned and not counted. Well, you can imagine that the Pennsylvania, that the, you know, one of the most crooked states in the union, that the Pennsylvania Democrats are really going to bend over backwards to follow these court orders. I will predict that the Pennsylvania election is going to be total chaos and total mess. I mean, it may be in litigation for a month or two after the election. And I might add that Murkowski has put in this ranked voting system up there in Alaska. Hey, Alaska, wake up. Get rid of this gal and get rid of that ranked voting system, which benefits her. I mean, an old Democratic ploy, which is what she is, to rig an election. That's exactly what it is. So let's chip in and help Kelly Chewbacca, because she is your gal up there. And while we're at it, because I want to get into the four things, the four surprises that you can expect here, just so that you're ready. You know, I'm not here to sugarcoat things for you folks. Let's talk for just a minute why it's important. I mean, you know, you live in Pennsylvania, or you live in Florida, or you live wherever. And we're talking about a race in Georgia, and a race in Alaska, and a race in Arizona. Guess what? These races are national. They have national implications. These are national issues that affect you and your life in every way, shape, and form. In fact, they could affect your life in terms of living. Control the House is absolutely key. Control the Senate is almost as absolutely key. And that's done on a national level. These are national bodies, even though each state has its own representative. For, for those of you who have not... And those of you who are going to be digging into your pockets, as I hope you are over this next week, on the rightsideradio.com, top center, homepage, take action. Remember that. The race in Pennsylvania is as important to the folks in Arizona as is the race in Arizona and vice versa, and all the way across the spectrum around the country. Now let's talk about the four unpleasant facts of life related to this election. Why do you think President Cadaver gave us this usual, should we say error-ridden, I'll be really nice, speech on Wednesday night about election deniers. Do they have something planned? Does he know about some kind of fraud, some kind of buggy-boo in the, in the systems, in the machines? We must go to paper ballots, folks. We'll talk about that in just a minute, too. And fraud will definitely play a role. It will play less of a role if you keep your eyes open 
and jump up and down if you see something wrong. And the Republicans have thousands more boots on the ground in this election than in 2020 when everybody was caught, unfortunately, unprepared. And we have some excellent court rulings, not all of them, but under election fraud on the rightsideradio.com, you can see what's going on with both the courts on election fraud cases right now and on election logistics right now. And you can also see what kind of fraud games are already being played by the Democratic Marxists. In my rat-a-tat-tat, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the elections in Brazil, which were likely stolen, same way as the 2020 elections were. Bolsonaro down there, the Trump of the South, as they called him. But let's talk about the second potential bugaboo, boogeyman in this election game, foreign interference. We know China has immense cyber capabilities, as does Russia, as does Iran. Now, Russia senses more sympathy on the Republican side, and it's not sympathy for Russia. What it is is an abhorrence to what's going on, the waste of money, life, treasure, you name it, and the precipice of World War III in Ukraine. So Russia is not likely to get involved on the Democratic Marxist side, but the Chinese certainly are. In fact, China was one of the first ones to come out and congratulate Lulu down there in Bolivia over his eight-tenths of 1% win, supposedly, saying, oh, well, now we can really work with you, Brazil. Oh, that's terrific for America, isn't it? So foreign interference, which can only be done to any large and meaningful extent through machines, through internet, through an electronic system. That's why we have to go back to paper. And then, of course, we have Iran with immense cyber capabilities. And then we have the possibilities of a cataclysmic event, an induced event. You know, I talked last week about America poking the Russian bear. I talked last week, I gave you all sorts of dots on the mobilization of American forces and what was happening really around Europe and to a lesser extent in Asia. But right now we have three hotspots. We have the Mideast, where Saudi Arabia is expecting a potential attack by Iran. We have Israel, who's about to elect. If uh, Maybe by the time you hear this show, the results are in. Netanyahu again. We have all sorts of things blowing up in Syria. And then we have Asia, where China, China is building amphibious landing ships for its troops, you know, Taiwan, like crazy. They're investing all sorts of time and money in building swarms of carrier-killing drones and missiles. They are building hundreds of offensive, not defensive, nuclear weapons. And I told you last week about them recruiting NATO pilots to find out about NATO dogfighting tactics so that they could kill allied pilots in a confrontation. And there's other dots. We're going to spend some time here in the next few weeks on the buildup of Chinese military might and what role the United States has played in it, unwittingly, not so much, and knowingly and intentionally, quite a bit. And then we have Russia and Ukraine. Russia's been talking about the 19th clause in the Russian Federation documents, which basically says that if their motherland is threatened by conventional weapons, they have the right to respond with nuclear weapons. And we have Russia and China involved in a mad dash in civil defense preparations, the building of bunkers and shelters. The United States has moved the 101st Airborne to Europe. They've ordered 290 million anti-radiation pills. Oh, yeah, and Anthony Fauci gets a royalty on those because it's kind of his formula. Isn't that nice? And there's been all sorts of dispersal of American military, or should I say Air Force might, to kind of forgotten bases and commercial airfields away from the main U.S. bases. What does that tell you? And last week, in fact, about three days ago, all the transponders on virtually every United States Air Force military plane and Marines and Navy went dark so that planes can't be tracked. These are a lot of worrisome dots. And then you have Blinken. Oh, 
what a gift to the Secretary of State position he is, coming out and saying, you know, if there's any monkey business by North Korea, we'll use nukes to defend South Korea and our Asian friends. Really? In the meantime, America and South Korea are conducting the largest joint, quote-unquote, practice exercise since the two of them got together for the Korean War. That's back in 1952, folks. 70 years ago, almost. These are not good dots. And when you listen to this show, we just have days before the election, and things can happen really fast if something goes off-key in any one of these theaters or in more than one, which would be the most likely. And then wouldn't it be convenient for Cadaver, actually the people who control Cadaver, you know, Barack Obama's out on the stump in all these states, so I'm glad to see the real president of the United States at least out on the campaign trail, since Cadaver... Cadaver doesn't even know what state he's in. But think about some cataclysmic event. It could be a health event. You know, they discovered a new mutant deadly strain of COVID in England. Oh, well, how convenient is that? And then we have the Boston University story I brought you last week where they've developed a combination of Omicron and the original. One is lethal and one is very transmissible. And there's an 80%, they say, in mice in the laboratory, 80% mortality rate. Hmm, what if something kind of broke on that? Think about Cadaver and the people behind him declaring an emergency, postponing the elections, or saying that all the votes that are in is all the votes there's going to be in this election because of, you know, public health and safety. It might be a good idea in this election, even though many of you listening to me are used to voting on election day, it might be a really good idea to vote early this year. doesn't hurt. You get it out of the way. You put aside anything, any problem that might occur on election day that you, you know, things happen. Vote early. Get that vote in, folks. And be ready for some kind of surprise, unpleasant surprise when it comes to this election, particularly in these close races. This speech by Cadaver a couple days ago, that really has me concerned. It's like they're laying the groundwork, you know? They're, they're laying the foundation for something going wrong or them causing something to go wrong and you not being able to complain about it. Think about the bill that Liz Cheney and her Democratic cohorts introduced in Congress, which basically makes it illegal to complain about election fraud. None of these are coincidences. Everything is interrelated. And then the last thing is election interference by big tech. So we have learned in the last few days, I'm going to have more on it next week and the week after, but the government of the United States, Department of Homeland Security and Mayorkas, GAGME, and others have been telling Google and Facebook and Twitter, although Elon's kind of putting an end to that, what to put up and what to put down. And Google has gone one step further, along with some of its big tech cohorts, They've actually adjusted their algorithms so that tens of millions, they're getting sued for it by the Republican National Committee, tens of millions of emails have gone into spam folders, political emails. I've told you about this for more than a year. I've told you to check your spam boxes. Not only that, they've applied algorithms which affect your search. And next week we're going to discuss the threat to your transportation of all sorts and natures. Loaded ships waiting off the coast of California because there's not enough trucks to meet that state's emission standards to get containers off the dock and to get them unloaded. The airline industry and pilots. The looming railroad strike, which Joe told us he had all solved. Oh, yes. All in all, it'll affect 33 million tons, 33 million tons of cargo per week. You name it, it'll affect it. That, by the way, is one of the things you're voting on in just a few days. Keep that in mind. And now, how about some rat-a-tat-tat, which I think ties right into the election flavor of the show. Jennifer Ruth Green, by the way, she'll be a great Congress lady. Support her, too. She's a former military vet, served in Iraq. They've done everything to smear her, including a sexual assault against her. She was the victim while she was in the military. And the Black Congressional Caucus, oh, what a joke. She went to them for help. 
and they're sending $5,000 to her white opponent. Zero support degree. I mean, if that doesn't tell you exactly where the minds of Democratic Marxists are, nothing will. By the way, you folks in the Northeast, you have, uh, you have a chance to do some damage to Democrats in Connecticut. I hope you do. But in the meantime, the Northeast is going to be facing blackouts and gas shortages, natural gas shortages. You know why? Because U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, what a moron, isn't waiving what's called the Jones Act, which al- does not allow foreign ships or ships under a foreign flag, they could be American crews with American cargo, to dock at any of the ports up and down the East Coast. And since your states have shut off gas supplies to you and gas drilling and exploration, you have to get your gas somewhere else. Well, you can't get it from America. No, 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 no. Not nationally, not regionally, not in your state. So you have to bring it in from offshore. Unfortunately, the Jones Act prohibits that. Granholm or Cadaver could waive that act. But nope, they haven't done that. So when you have your candles flickering and you're shivering this winter, you think about that. Or better yet, think about it when you go to the polls here in a few days. Then we have a federal judge ruling a week ago Friday that Fauci, Jen Psaki, Andrew Slavitt, and a whole bunch of other COVID advisors to Godaver, they're going to have to be in depositions. They're not just going to have to produce documents. They're going to have to be interrogated under oath. And this is over social media censorship. It's kind of like what I told you in the four apocalyptic horsemen that could rear their ugly heads in the upcoming election. And then, of course, we have the Pelosi-Hammer-San Francisco deal. How convenient. What convenient timing. And, you know, I'm not even going to waste your time with it. It's apparent. It's obvious, particularly given Cadaver's speech. How about this? Let's mandate that anybody who carries a hammer in San Francisco requires a license. And let's defund hammer manufacturers. And let's defund illegal aliens. That should take care of future problems like this. Oh, by the way, the climate change people, (laughs) they have a new target, your pets. Did you know your cat and your dog and your bunny, did you know that they are contributing to global warming? Those culprits, ruining the planet, your cat, your dog. Shame on them. So the climate change folks have now said you, you should no longer have any sick animals because they're more expensive to maintain and they add somehow more pollutants to the air. And you shouldn't have large animals. You should go to birds and reptiles. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, and uh, Biden is now urging Americans to receive one COVID shot each year. And supposedly he's prepping for his fifth jab. Well, Joe, why don't you take the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th all at once? I think that would be great. Let us know how that works out. By the way, great line from Kerry Lake down there in Arizona, hopefully the next governor of Arizona. Katie Hobbs, who's running against her, you know, from her basement, kind of the cadaver tactic. She's a big proponent of, gee, I don't know what a woman is, you know, like our latest Supreme Court nominee, or actually I say Supreme Court appointee. Well, Katie Hobbs was questioned about that at a rally in the last few days, and she had a great line, quote, go out and try and milk a bull, unquote. I loved it. I just, I just loved it. I love her. She's terrific. And then we have a lawmaker in Virginia. This will be our last rat-a-tat-tat since we're out of time. We have a lawmaker in Virginia. She's a Democrat. Oh, gee, big surprise. And she has now introduced legislation in Virginia. Thank God Youngkin got elected down there, and hopefully that uh, slate of Republican candidates at both the state level and at the federal level are going to get elected. She's introduced a bill that would make it a crime, a felony and a misdemeanor, depending upon how bad it was, if you, as a parent 
contest or interfere with the affirmation of your child to be a different sex. Yes, if you don't allow your child to identify as a different sex and to take corrective action, you know, with drugs and surgery, uh, well, you'll lose custody of your child and you'll be charged with a crime in Virginia if this law passes. I don't think it will, but this will tell you the lunacy which is on the ballot across the country in just a few days. Vote accordingly, folks. Vote as if your life depended on it, because you know what? Your life does depend on it. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Get motivated. Let's go get them. This is it. We are out of time. There are no more tomorrows. Look in the mirror. Repeat with your family and repeat with double conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do. And we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Keep the wind at your back. I will be talking to you after the election.